And how is everyone this evening? Wonderful. Let us all close our eyes. Fix our full attention on the point between the eyebrows. Let us concentrate on the Christ who dwells within us. Let us feel his presence. And let us endeavor to see him in all of his light, his radiant beauty. And let us pray to the Lord. O Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, Divine Mother, Beloved Jesus Christ, Blessed Master, Saints and Sages of all religions, I bow to all of you. Free my life from all obstacles. And give me physical, mental, and spiritual development. Make my mind thy temple. Make my heart thy altar. Make my love thy home. Be thou the only king. Reigning on the throne of my consciousness. my subject tonight a very interesting chapter from the Bible called Jonah you know for a long time I've been uh, wondering about Jonah being swallowed by the whale and living in his uh, tummy for three days and three nights and so I thought it was about time that God revealed the symbolic meaning of that so meditating upon it I found some very interesting things so we'll begin with chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid, and cried every man unto his God, and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us, that we perish not. And they said every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us. What is thine occupation? 
And whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am an Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought, and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless the men rowed hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. It's a very interesting chapter. Now how in the world could a man be thrown into an ocean, be taken into the belly of a whale, and live there for three days and three nights and come out? It's a very interesting question, isn't it? But you see, actually, it isn't referring, again, to that which we think it is referring to, but rather is it referring to something entirely different. Hmm. Anyway. In the Bible dictionary, you will find many interesting things. As we have discussed before, the Bible is the story of every man, the life of every single man. There are many people who regard the Bible as a holy book, and they regard it as God himself. The Bible is a holy book in the sense that it contains the truth. But until man is able to recognize that truth within his own being, he has not become what he should become in God. Anyone can read a book. Anyone can inspire us. But that which we find in the book and that which we hear from the spiritual teacher must be taken within ourselves. We must be inspired to go within and seek that truth. Now the true meaning of Jonah is two things. It is given in the Bible dictionary as being warmth and love and affection, effervescence, all of the good things, but it is also given as violence, as tempestuousness, as hate, as greed, as all of these things. And so Jonah in truth means the error concept of justice and rights. Now many times we hear someone say, that man is a Jonah, meaning that he's a bad influence. You take in the theatrical world, 
Many times they say somebody's a Jonah and they get rid of us because that man has a concept that the show will fail. And these people are very sensitive artists. It is not superstition with them. They have a highly developed sense of intuition because of the roles that they must play. They must intuitively be able to fulfill the role which they play on the stage. And so they have this feeling about a certain individual and they get rid of them because they want to think that their play is going to be a success. They want to think as actors and actresses on the stage that they can put something great before the public, something that the public will be able to accept and to take and to come to, not only a few times, but that they will have a long run, say for two or three years. And so this is the ego consciousness, this Jonah consciousness. Now the Lord came to Jonah. He was a great prophet. And he gave him certain instructions. At that time, the city of Nineveh was in great trouble spiritually. The people were, in a way, reaping the harvest of the Lord. But they had forgotten the Lord. And so they were dwelling in opulence. They were filled with the idea of luxury, of gain for themselves, without thinking from whence that gain came. And so because they had become so evil, even as in the former days of Rome, God ordered Nineveh to go there and admonish the people and to tell them that they were about to be destroyed. Now Jonah didn't want to do this, so he ran away from the presence of the Lord. And therefore he found himself on this ship. But he was the destructive factor on the ship. And the great waves were coming. All of the people on the ship were in trouble because of Jonah. So he realized that his presence was the deciding factor in it. And he invited them to throw them over, him over the side of the ship. But they didn't want to do so because they didn't want his murder on their hands. But yet they had no other way out because the waves continued to envelop them. So finally praying to the Lord not to hold this against them, they threw him over. And it is said that this great huge whale was in the waters and he swallowed Jonah and Jonah lived in this state for three days and three nights. And this depicts the... Uh, agony, shall we say, of the soul. And actually, Jonah went into the hell of his being or the subconscious, and he wrestled in the belly of that whale or the ego sense. You see, we speak constantly of others as being heathens, but we are all heathens in the human state, every single one. We are not spiritual people until such time as we have raised our consciousness, lifted our consciousness into that of the Christ which dwells within us. We are all heathens in this human state. The natural man cannot see God in the spirit. He must be lifted up. And Jonah had disobeyed God. He had refused his command to go and destroy the people of the city. Now, where is the city? It is within each and every man, within each and every human being. You must destroy the things of the flesh, the desires of the flesh. And until you do that, you cannot know or see the face of God. You must be lifted up. And you cannot be self-righteous. You cannot criticize. 
You cannot judge. Now finally, Jonah again heard the voice of God. So he decided he must go to the city of Nineveh. He must tell these people. But he went there with the idea that they were an evil people. And that they were going to be destroyed. And he rejoiced in having the prophecy of destruction within himself. And that's where he made his mistake. Because he failed to recognize the mercy and the grace and the tremendous love of God for every single one of us, his creatures. We have been indoctrinated with the idea of evil since we can remember. It's been handed down to us. In the Old Testament, it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But when the Christ came, the consciousness of that Christ within every man. Then a new commandment gave he unto us, that we should love one another as he had loved us and our neighbor as ourselves. So Jonah failed to reckon with the fact that God had grace, he had mercy, he had love for these people even though he had threatened them with destruction. So Jonah went there and he did an excellent job. And pretty soon, the king of these people took this message to heart. He wore a sackcloth and ashes himself and he instructed all of his people to throw away the jewels and all of the fancy things and the luxurious living and to truly repent in the Lord. And they did so with such absolute surrender, such dedication and such repentance that God heard, the, heard their plea and he saved his people. Now Jonah was very unhappy about this. He sought because in the first place this made him a prophet without foundation. And every prophet that comes, if that one looks to the fulfillment of prophecy for the edification of his own glorification, is a false prophet. He must think of this prophecy fulfilled as glorifying God and not himself. So he sulked and he sulked. And finally, he was in the state for so long that God grew gored over him. This was to prevent him from being burned by the sun the fires of his own hell inside. And then it speaks of a worm. And all of a sudden, the worm depicting the consciousness, the conscience, I should say, of Jonah came into being, and he realized the truth. And that truth is that the law of God, now, always, and forever, is good for all men. When we accept the error of evil thinking, we make a party, ourselves a party to it, and it reacts against us and destroys us. If we prophesy evil, calling upon God to destroy our enemies, what kind of a God do we think we are worshiping? We are all his children all over the earth, and so we call upon God to destroy our brothers and our sisters in order that we may feel better. And we call ourselves self-righteous. We call ourselves spiritual. We call ourselves Christians. And in truth, we are nothing but heathens. And this law will revoke itself and fall upon our own heads 
It cannot do otherwise. It is only when we relax in Christ that we are lifted up into the spirit of Christ consciousness, into the light of God, and we see all is one. All is our very self, in fact. But if you see one shred of duality, you must know that it is the separate cells of God's body which are all working together, filled with light, to express his wonder, his peace, his glory upon the earth. If we would stop thinking destructive thoughts, if we would stop wishing harm upon our enemies and look to ourselves, because for every event that happens in our lives, we and we alone are responsible. It is our will which must be used. Nobody else can get inside of us and do it for us. We have to use our will to do the will of God until we're willing and ready to surrender ourselves, our ego consciousness, the humanness, to God in full measure. We will not be lifted up to become one with that Christ consciousness which is in every atom of space, which is in every form that walks this earth. We will not. The fundamental law of being is good and the outcome of every thought and act under its law is a higher perception of that good. Now Jonah also means dove-like. And this is the faculty of the human mind in the highest sense of consciousness, that superconscious or God-like state. When man's consciousness is lifted up and becomes one with the spirit and the dove which descended upon Christ, you will remember, and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, represents the Holy Ghost, that Holy Spirit or power which permeates the universe. And when man's consciousness is lifted up there, he becomes one with that presence. It fills his whole being. It manifests itself first in his physical life as he surrenders to it. And he finds that many requests, many desires are fulfilled. Things start to happen. And it registers on those people around him. They see a change in that one. The expression of the face, the light in the eyes changes. And you see a sweetness, a wonder, a glory which is of God, which wasn't there before. But you don't go into it to manifest that because there is still a higher state of consciousness. And until you can overcome this desire for the human things and want only God and his glory, you have not manifested the presence of the Christ truly within you. You can never heal a person by just praying for them in that sense. What you must do is immediately when the idea of disease or error or untruth comes into being. To get rid of that, to deny it, to see it as non-existence and not worry about the other fellow's consciousness, but to lift your own consciousness into God. And by that very one act alone, you lift the individual that you would help into this sense of well-being, of oneness, of perfect health, of perfect peace, of perfect supply. But we are selfish. We want to demonstrate 
We want God. We want the Christ to do things for us. And he did not come for that purpose. We limit Christ when we make him a man. Because, you see, a man is not God. It is God who dwells within the man, the form which he has created. And that Christ, that same one, that eternal spirit of God dwells in each and every single one of us from now until eternity. There is no such thing as death. There is only a deeper state of sleep. And then you arise. It is the same way when you come to this state of being ready to go through the dark night of the soul. And it is only one, not one dark night, it is many. But everybody wants something for nothing. Everybody. Everybody gives lip service. But who wants to pay the price for this perfect pearl, the perfect flower of God realization? There are very few indeed. And yet, if they only knew it, this ego, this ego sense, with all of its desires, which want fulfillment so constantly, is the very thing which causes them all of their trouble, which is the very thing that keeps them from demonstrating, if you will, all of the good that they would have in their lives. They want to fight, they want to hate, they want to get. They're everything for the little self, without thought that they're not doing one godless thing they should, and therefore they don't get the results. It is only when you give up all thought of self. It is only when you have surrendered yourself completely to the Lord, saying, Here am I, Lord, take me, that this miracle manifests in your life. There are many good people on this world, in this world. They are like Saul of Tarsus, who was a good man, a religious man, and yet he was actually an enemy of God. And there are Christians and people of other faiths all over the world who, press, who profess to be servants of the Lord who are enemies of the Lord because they are pitting one religion against the other, one faith against the other, one race against the other. And they call themselves whatever they call themselves, whether it be Christians, Buddhists, uh, Hindus, Jains, or what. Now we look for the coming of the Christ, the second coming, because we are told that Christ came 2,000 years ago in one body. So we look for that body, and each one has his own vision of what that form is going to look like. But that form is never going to come outside. And yet it will come outside. And you will have the eyes to see it when you have gone within your own consciousness, wherein the Christ said that heaven was to be found. And he is to come a second time out of the clouds of heaven or when your consciousness is lifted up and purified so that you can receive him. Then he will come. And to all who received them gave he the power to become the sons of God. To all who had the courage, the guts, the intestinal fortitude to do away with their human ego and desires, to lay all at the feet of the Lord, that one will be purified and lifted up. He will go through the dark night of the soul, surely, because a price must be paid for everything that is. But don't forget that the greatest thing is this, that if your faith is great enough, if your love for God extends beyond your love for yourself and everything else that you want, that that faith and God's grace and mercy can save you, 
You don't need to pay this eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth. You don't need to pay it at all. You need but lift your consciousness up and have faith in God and his power to save you, his eternal life. Because in truth, the spirit is nothing but good. And yet we in this dual world have cut it down the middle. And this is good and this is evil. And it isn't so. It is all good. It is man's minds that take these thoughts in. <coughs> Pardon me. And build upon them. And bring them into manifestation. Don't you realize the power of your thoughts, of your words, of your actions? Whatever you send forth from yourself to anybody or anything returns to you in kind. That is the law. So if you don't like your life, then change it. And you can only do that not through changing the other fellow, but changing yourself. You are the one that has to be changed. You are the one who has gone on this grand adventure of the soul to be lifted up into the light of the Christ, to manifest his love, his wonder, his beauty, his supply, his wisdom in your life. And when you are one with that consciousness which dwells within you, that spirit which dwells within you, you are at peace with yourself, with all the world. Truly there is peace on earth, goodwill toward all men. And it is in earth, in the flesh of your own being, as well as outside of yourself. Miracles happen. Miracles happen. Not that you do them, but the Christ in you, who is perfect, who is holy, who is all-powerful, does that. And yet, this humble one says, I am myself and nothing. It is my Father who doeth the works. And he leads us not to himself, but to the Father. Because he knows that without God, his Father, he is nothing. It is that eternal power within man that is everything. Jonah represents this ego consciousness which gets swallowed up in this sea which he has made for himself through his refusal to do as the Lord has told him. And finally, through his repentance, his conscience takes place and, and God pulls the gourd down, makes it wither and die. And the sun, the light, which at first Jonah tries to hide from, overcomes. And finally he does the Lord's will. And he realizes the truth that he should not have wished evil upon the people of Nineveh. And that's why the Lord gave him this experience, so that he might know that all men are his brothers. And that God's mercy, his love, his forgiveness is eternal. We should not think of evil for ourselves or for any man. We should not accept this in any form whatsoever, but use every bit of power which God has given us, the intelligence, the feeling, the action, the speech, everything, in a completely positive manner. Build your dream. Build your vision. Make it perfect in God, harming no man. And then let God do it through you and for you. You of yourself can do nothing. And the more you hate, the more you reject, the more you put that from your being, the longer you're going to suffer. And you cannot say you have made the effort and given everything to God and God isn't answering your prayers because you lie in your teeth. 
I say that very boldly because it is the truth. I have been there, I know. And so has each and, have each and every one of us at some time been there. I beg of you to lift your consciousness up, always to think positive thoughts of good, to live the good life, to practice the presence of God, to know that the eternal Christ dwells within you, and that only when this human man who wants all of these things has gotten out of the way will God truly come into your house, your temple, and perform the miracle for you. How wonderful is the Lord. He lifts you up into the bliss of his presence. You are filled with the fire of his light, with his wisdom. The power that is in you is beyond human comprehension. But it isn't your power. You can't take credit for it. It is his power. It is his alone. Love is the thing which moves the world. Love for God and for God in each form that you see. Obey his laws and he will go with you, walking by your side. He will be the light on the path. And do you think that because we are a rather small group that this group cannot, if they go all the way to God, change the whole world i ask you to look at the life of krishna of jesus the christ of buddha of lao tzu of zoroaster of muhammad of any number of these great ones one person moved a great section of the world and brought that world into a realization that there was something else besides just this life here and a human body in everyday life. That there was a life beyond, a life in the spirit, a life filled with everything that they ever dreamed of. But not the material things. The secret of it all is just this one thing. To be in the world, but not of it. Give yourselves to God. Lay your devotion at his feet and say, Here am I, Lord, take me and mean it with everything you have. Keep nothing for yourself, and you will realize the truth of what I tell you, that God is, and you are he. He is all of life. He is all of love. He is the everythingness that you have always wanted. Now let us pray to him. And I would ask your prayers for Dan Rivera, who's been very seriously injured. He needs all of our prayers, and we will do it, as I have suggested tonight, to refuse to see the error and to lift our own selves up into that high state of spirit in which there is nothing but perfection when we know that truly God is good and everything is right. Let us hold him in that thought, in that light. O Heavenly Father, Oh, Heavenly Father, Divine Mother, Divine Mother, I feel the wonder and the beauty, I feel the wonder and beauty of Thy glorious presence, of Thy glorious presence in every part of my being. In every part of my being, my heart is bursting with my love for Thee. My heart is bursting with my love for Thee. I kneel in adoration at Thy feet. I kneel in adoration at Thy feet and surrender myself to Thee. 
and surrender myself to thee. I feel the power of thy perfection. I feel the power of thy perfection. Surging in every cell of my body. Surging in every cell of my body. My mind and my intelligence. My mind and my intelligence. Are radiant with thy healing light. Are radiant with thy healing light. My soul is filled with the ecstasy and bliss. My soul is filled with the ecstasy and bliss of my communion with thee. Of my communion with thee. I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. Blessed Spirit, I am He. Blessed Spirit, I am He. O Lord, O Lord, open my eyes that I may see thy face. Open my eyes that I may see thy face. Open my ears that I may hear thy footsteps everywhere. Open my ears that I may hear thy footsteps everywhere. Open my heart that I may feel the glory of thy love. Open my heart that I may feel the glory of thy love. O Heavenly Father, O Heavenly Father, may thy love shine forever. May thy love shine forever. Upon the sanctuary of my devotion. Upon the sanctuary of my devotion. May I be able to awaken all hearts with my own. May I be able to awaken all hearts with my own. And bring them to thee. And bring them to thee.